G'day. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. On the corner, I witnessed the leader a neck in front. Captain Fox about to join him. Fennard trying to come off their backs. Blue Kentucky Moon to the outside. I witnessed just in front. Captain Fox trying hard. Blue Kentucky Moon. I witnessed Captain Fox. Blue Kentucky Moon not there yet. I witnessed kicking strongly. Captain Fox trying to get to eyewitness. Eyewitness clinging on and won. Eyewitnesses stalled off. Captain Fox in a tidy third. I think Blue Kentucky Moon just in front Hasn't been of in a central Queensland for that long, that particular horse I witnessed. Tony Clements, that was Mackay last Friday, by the way. Tony Clements is with us. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve. Hello to you and good day, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. And every now and then we just like to indulge ourselves where we can. I don't think he knew that we were going to do that, but Eyewitness is a uh, six-year-old uh, star witness chestnut mare that is uh, owned by Mr J.H. Manselman and Mr R.A. Luck. And one last Friday at Mackay, as Steve mentioned. And Mr R.A. Luck, good morning to you. Good morning, Tony, Steve and listeners. Yeah, you did bring that surprise on me, but uh, it seems a while <laughs> since I've had a, <laughs> had a replay. There's been a drought, Tony, but uh, congratulations, Johnny Mansman, on producing that mare in great form. She's a tough mare. Most importantly, Tony, what about the rider, Talia Fenland? That horse probably 1,100 is definitely its maximum, and uh, Talia just rated that horse superbly early on in the race, uh, maintained a finishing burst. And she's tough as uh, old boot nails when uh, it comes to the final 50. So it was nice to get the win. Uh, and um, hopefully there's a little bit more in store. As we uh, spoke with Johnny Manselman last week on the show and we said that he had a couple in last Tuesday at Rockhampton and I think it was something like 90 had entered at that stage heading to Mackay. But we didn't actually ask him for a direct tip, but it would have been nice to have uh, got the message somewhere. If only there was something like a personal device that uh, one of your mates could actually send you a message and say, I own shares in this horse that's going around today. And it might actually, you know, have half a, a bit of a chance of winning uh, just in case you wanted to have just a, a little sneaky bet on it somewhere along the way. What to start at? $4.60 or something like that? So, in other words, I'm getting uh, <clears throat> I'm getting told I need to hand out the tips, but you know what my tipping's like, Tony. I come last in all the tipping competitions. So, oh, yeah, I'm in, always... In fact, always I have a golden to... rule not to bet my own horses, so it gives them a chance. Yeah, Johnny probably says the same to you. You know, if he's anything like the trainers I've had in the past, they're very uh, cagey about telling you whether they're going to win or not. And usually, uh, you might want to have something, you know, just small on them or something like that. So you have just a couple of dollars and you think, why didn't I have a little bit more? Yeah, hindsight's easy in every game, isn't it? But, uh, oh, but yeah. isn't it great to see these young uh, apprentices, uh, particularly the female apprentices that are, are riding so well? I mean, look at Anne Jones on the weekend at the Wave uh, taking the main event there. Uh, mm -hmm. She's come through the ranks as a country uh, girl and Talia Fenlon, I think, has got about five rides at Rockhampton. But before I do forget this morning, Tony, I think there's a pretty important birthday we've got to do a shout-out for this morning um, Emily Promford, uh, birthday today. I know, Emily, you're in uh, hospital and slowly progressing as per your dad's uh, report on social media. Tony, I've got time. I hope to be able to go through that. But, Emily, uh, it's not the best birthday to be there, but the main thing is you're, um, you're up uh, and you're about, in a sense, and I even see on social media... I think it was Laura Cheshire said that you've uh, sent a response to her, so that's a good sign. But as Trevor Bartlett has indicated, he says, Emily is slowly progressing as per expected, but is improving every day. Her speech and memory has improved. 
She took her first steps with the help of a walker Saturday and near broke my heart seeing her like that, but she has the heart of a lion and the most tenacious will for anyone I've ever seen. She's trying her best to get back to her best and the neurologists believe it will take four to six weeks and she'll be back to herself, hopefully. They believe she hasn't suffered any permanent brain damage, which is fantastic to hear, and will recover fully with time, one day at a time. And she's going to a private hospital today to give her the best neurologists, doctors and nurses and rehab available, experienced in looking after jockeys' injuries of this nature. And, and uh, knowing Emily from the tracks I've seen her at, Tony, as uh, Trevor says, her spirits are high and her will to win is amazing. That probably sums it up pretty well for her and they even have her laughing now so happy birthday from the Bushbeat uh, family Emily and uh, I'm sure we're going to see you back on the track in uh, no time kicking home those winners and Trevor thank you so much for sharing those updates I know plenty of people were chasing all of the news uh, after all of this happened last Thursday at Gatton when Emily's mount flipped on top of her in the parade ring prior to race 5 and the rest of the program was abandoned when Emily was then airlifted to PA hospital. It's a really tough time for all concerned um, we, we often talk about how the racing community becomes a big family and, and you know, reaches out to hug their own And but for the, the more closer and immediate family it is a tough time and uh, at times I suppose can almost feel like not not an invasion of privacy rob that's the wrong term but you just feel like well people leave me alone for a moment i just want to spend mm. time with our loved ones but there are so many people that wanted to, to hear how things were because we all care for those that do uh, have an injury and a fall like that and it look, did look so serious at the time so trevor we really do thank you for for sharing all of that information and yes uh, emily wonderful to hear that things are on the improve and can only go upwards from here and yeah not the best way to have a birthday but we're so thankful that uh it didn't turn out worse as we all feared at the time. Rob, we don't have a lot of racing to talk about from the weekend because, as we said last week, we're in a little bit of a, a lull at the moment while things are quiet around this uh, still this Christmas New Year period. Just a, a quick check of the calendar of what's coming up for the week ahead. Following on from the uh, tab meetings today at Rocky, Thursday at Kilcoy, Friday at Home Hill, and then next Monday at Warwick. Um, this Saturday, we pick up a couple more meetings with Atherton and Thangul Racing, and uh, also King Island uh, back in action with KI Recreation Day in Tasmania coming up on Saturday. And the other one I wanted to mention is we're following the uh, Limestone Coast Cup Series in South Australia, and the next leg of that is going to be the Coonawarra Cup coming on Thursday at Panola. But on the weekend, we only had the one race meeting to talk about, but it was a big one. It was the centenary race day for Bell. On the side now, Voulay in front over Volada Harris and Tarchance in third. Running in fourth is Cracker SG and the next one along is Fitzroy Boy. Followed by Seth Lands and then comes Baltimore Bullet dropping out of it. Substitution wider on the track and Sterling Sunset staying down to the inside. Homeward bound and Voulay giving them something to catch. He's a length and a half in front. Cracker SG down the outside is Seth Lands. Voulay still in front. Cracker SG on the outside is joining him. It's Voulay, Cracker SG, Cracker SG, Bob. Cracker SG, the favourites up again, again by short margin, beats Voulay and selling Sunset from second last has uh, flown up on the inside. It was a very, very tight photo there in that benchmark 65 handicap at Bell on the weekend. Cracker SG winning there for Dan McGilvery and Rochelle Pereira in the McNamara family benchmark 65. The voice you heard there was Brett Moody, who's about to join us online this morning to recap on what happened there at Bell. Some great racing there, Rob, on the weekend from uh, the vision that we saw via regional cast and big crowds turning out for their annual New Year meeting. But one of the things that uh, I always 
always love about seeing the action of Bell is that unique finish line, uh, the, the winning post. It's just amazing uh, that they have uh, yeah, had that sort of foresight to be able to put a big Bell up on the line. <laughs> it's certainly very, very appropriate, isn't it? And uh, I imagine it could uh, distract you a little bit if you're watching the races. You'd be looking at the Bell, not the finish. But, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> uh, and uh, Cracker SG... Uh, summed up a great day of racing there and when you look at the acceptances for bell and the uh i mean there was a couple scratch at the barrier in the first race but most of the fields were pretty much capacity uh fields which of course uh brought brett moody back to the new year with uh, an opening round of great calling again and uh, big fields again brett i take it you're there with us good morning and uh, happy new year to you welcome back to bushbeat morning to you good morning tony happy new year and to everybody uh yes a big crowd there at the bell on uh, saturday with uh yeah i reckon around has official figures haven't come out but around 2000 of course it was their centenary race meeting as well so it's always a well attended meeting but that certainly boosted the crowd and they had that uh, the extra uh attention of the uh bachelorette and the bachelor um competition run by queensland country life and the final was uh, was held there. I noticed uh, all three of us uh, missed uh, out on the final, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure they were worthy winners. <laughs> the, One of the things I like, Brett, about the... Bell? Brett? Sorry? How many times have you been to Bell and called there? Uh, that was, a, I think, the sixth time. Oh, well, when we met, so five, because we missed, of course, with um, COVID, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fifth time, yeah. And another one of those unique tracks where, of course, not only the finish line with the big bell, but um, they seem... Do they disappear a bit as well behind different uh, yards, etc.? Yeah, behind uh, some trees and, uh, yeah, obviously it's the showgrounds as well, so uh, the rodeo grounds and uh, some yards and, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an uphill down dale. They have a, a downhill run home, only a short straight, as you saw. Uh, it was upgraded to a firm two, but the... Uh, the uh, um, times indicated that it was you know, about a second outside the records in most races and um, the horses, usually when it's a firm two, been there before, then the horses just can't come from first further back than first or second. But um, we saw uh, a number of races where they were able to uh, make up ground and uh, get up. I mentioned that that race that we heard Cracker SG uh, winning the uh, McNamara family handicap and it was great to see the, the different families that were acknowledged uh, with the sponsorship of the races there. Uh, we started off with the Cudahy's and then into the Murray family, the McNamara's and then the Gordon family uh, before the day wrapped up with the uh, the Kane family uh, benchmark. What was that? The um, the Kane family was... I've just scrolled straight 50. past the benchmark 50 and the Bell Race Club centenary open plate. Uh, tell us about the families behind it if you've got a bit of news. Uh, yeah, well, the, uh, all the pioneering families that uh, kicked off uh, the Bell Race Club and uh, like have uh, handed down through generations with properties in the area and the McNamara family, um, I think is uh, about the fourth generation of uh, racing uh, people in the family. Uh, Nathan is the president of the uh, club. So, um, yeah, and of course there was an additional race uh, this year that was put on by the club itself. Um, the centenary plate so normally a five race program became a six race program 
I mentioned, uh, Brett, the quality of those, quantity and quality, because there's some good form lines came through. I, I noticed a few of them had come through that chinchilla form as well. But not only that, I'm starting to notice um, some of the more city-based trainers, like more, Michael Morrison gets a winner there on the weekend. I think he's based at the Gold Coast, and you've got Josh King going out there. It really did attract some uh, some uh, big bigger stables to that meeting. Yes, it's always a provincial standard. You know, the race we just heard there, Cracker SG, was of course coming off a second at Ipswich behind mm. a, a heroic miss and just just out bobbed on that occasion and uh, and got up and uh, of course a substitution, uh, a Warwick uh, Tab winner uh, recently. Sensational reward was favourite, blew his chances at the start. He'd been placed at Ipswich in his last two starts, so that was just one of the races. Um, and yet, as you mentioned, uh, there was a win for Michael Morrison with witness attack. Um, you know, had uh, that second at Ipswich back in November behind the Zata Star, and then was runner up in the uh, in a Gold Coast Baratrol. Obviously, uh, getting keen to get him back on uh, on track there. And uh, yes, well, he needed all the uh, all the straight, the short straight to get up and beat uh, Redvedev, who's uh, who uh, won his uh, maiden recently at uh, Texas. Yeah, another star witness uh, witness attack, Michael Morrison's. Rob Thorburn, I noticed um, I met, him, met up with him at the uh, Roma Cup meeting and uh, had a great day out there. Um, he's riding exceptionally well, this uh, three-kilo climbing apprentice. Yes, and it was uh, part of a busy week for Rob. Of course, he rode a winner at Gatton on the Thursday. He had one ride at Ballina on the Friday, ran second. Uh, then he uh, teamed up. Uh, he had a win and a couple of placings there at Bell. And then he was back down to Lismore again on the uh, Sunday. Uh, so he's, uh, he's certainly in demand and no doubt we'll see him shortly. We're already in the New South Wales country uh, tab races, but we'll see him in the uh, provincial circuit here in the not-too-distant future. Uh, he did a great job on witness attack. Uh, came from uh, yeah, just off the speed, running about the fifth. Actually got further back than... Um, it was actually the one that came from well back in the field, in fact... Uh, and uh, circled the field and just got up in the uh, in the last bound in that three-way go, a nose and a long head, and that was the other part of it. Uh, Rob, we always get provincial form fields here. We had 60 runners uh, for the six races, uh, and of course there was uh, four or five horses balloted out as well. So it's a very popular meeting this time of the year because there's no other meetings on. We've mentioned this uh, couple, for the last couple of years why there's uh, not more meetings, uh, non-tab meetings scheduled in south-east Queensland. We know that it gets too hot in the, uh, in the central Queensland and uh, western Queensland areas, but certainly not in the southeast. Generally, you can get away with it, but it's always well supported. And uh, it was... I uh, declared it was the, clo uh, the busiest day I've had at, as, a, as a race caller. There were two nose finishes, and one of those included a nose by a head and a nose by a long head. Um, then there was uh, a short head, a head, and two long heads. So the biggest <laughs> margin on the day in six races was a long head. But added to that, as you know, Rob, not only if they're going head and head, two horses, but when you've got two or three others, one up on the fence and uh, another one coming out wide, and they hit the line with you know, about uh, half a length between four of them, uh, yeah, it certainly keeps you on your toes. <laughs> Good way to start the new year, isn't it, Brett? But uh, uh, handled it, as always, uh, extremely well. But uh, 
Paul Hamlin and Craig Smith, they kicked off proceedings. This is one that uh, came through a run at Chinchilla I, uh, when I was out there. Not quite like Jack uh, building on that run to take the maiden. Yeah, and um, yeah, speaking as being a centenary, uh, Randall Ferrier and the uh, Ferrier stable uh, synonymous with the Roma, but of course they've uh, been long time, have had a feedlot uh, in the Bell area, so it was virtually a local victory, and uh, uh, Randall had bred, um, not quite like Jack, being of course by the Raheen Sire Heroic Valour, out of the Rory's Jess of Mare Angel Girls, she won four races, she was a Sydney winner. And he's a half-brother to uh, the Group 1 miler in New Zealand, Southern Lord. So, obviously, it was a hard decision to um, geld him because he was very well-bred. But um, Randall just said, you know, it was was actually not a hard decision because uh, he probably wouldn't have made it to the uh, to the races. But, as you say, he came off uh, a third at the... Well, he progressed nicely at a fourth at Rocky, a third at Rocky, then a second at Chinchilla. So, he went 4-3-2 and then one. And that was uh, one of the... Uh, uh, closest finishes of the day in the first event getting up uh, by a short head uh, over the um, Texas Galloper and uh, Lagagnia who gave uh, plenty of cheek but uh, yeah a good victory and uh, well done to the uh, Ferrier family and that was well celebrated to kick off the day but one of the uh, highlights of the day apart from the close finishes was the fact that uh, honours were pretty evenly shared uh, throughout the day uh, we've uh, touched on Cracker SG for uh, Rochelle Pereira um, there and uh, Stephen um, Megan Goodair, they had all the SGs there, Rothero SG and Worthy SG, they were both placed but Cracker SG was the one that uh, that got the uh, money there, he was uh, um, coming off as I mentioned that second at Ipswich last start and uh, he got up there, ridden by Dan McGilbray so it was great to see Dan mm. uh, back in the, in the saddle there. The um Last three races on the program, Brett, I think the training performance, uh, you'd have to give a real rap to Josh King taking the cutest money with Cryptic Verse, first up since August, this particular galloper. Yeah, I was surprised to see the uh, price that they bet about uh, Cryptic Verse. I must uh, admit that uh, I had my first bet of the year. I wasn't going to have one, but uh, seeing Michael Murphy and uh, going all the way to Bell uh, to team up with Josh King, their only runner. Um, you know, there's lovely scenery there at the foot of the Bunya Mountains, but I assume they weren't there just solely for the scenery. And they came out with Cryptic Burst to pick up the cutest added stakes. Uh, he, again, speaking of provincial form, at the end of last campaign, he'd uh, run two fourths at uh, Toowoomba and then was suspelled. Did have a wide run there and had to certainly earn his money. It was only a long head there over the Lee Wanless train to Beth Lucy, but the Cryptic Burst is out of that multi-city placed mare in rhyming being by Churchill. Uh, so um, a four-time Group 1 winner in the UK, bred and raced by Windermere. Uh, Jaden Sims and Damien Boutet in race five. That was a Kane family benchmark 50. Suniki, uh, another stratum star mare that's uh, brought up win number four. Yeah, Damien Boutet. Unfortunately, uh, Rob Thorburn uh, was uh, indisposed for those last couple of uh, races. Uh, speaking about uh, Rob, um, Damien Boutet was a last-minute replacement there and oh, produced a beautiful ride. Uh, one off the fence, getting a split through late. And again here, I think it was uh, three lengths between the first eight horses here in the margins of Shorthead by a long neck. A thousand metre race with the capacity field. It was always going to be the horse that got the best run, and uh, Damien Boutet gave uh, Saniki the best run. And uh, well done to Jaden. He's only a, uh, a young trainer, and uh, that was his uh, sixth career win 
uh, with uh, that Mayor Saniki scratch from Ipswich uh, uh, on the uh, on the Saturday to run there and approved a, a good decision. Take me out back. You got a feel for Charlie Henry, who's the life member of the uh, the um, Dolby Race Club there, and uh, just can't draw an alley with Take Me Out Back. And oh, gee, was gallant in defeat off that wide draw and going under by a short head with that miracle run coming at the last minute. Yeah, it's uh, that was a good form line too because uh, Easy Comes been in good form and it ran third, but. I tell you what, Wayne Baker's done a great job with Menindia. I, I mightn't have done my stats totally 100%, but I think it's about 23 runs for the stable. Now 11 wins, first up since the Country Cup final for this unencumbered six-year-old. And again, uh, against a field where you had like the Chinchilla Cup winner and uh, Villadon, horses like Dr. TK and Massini. So take your hat off to Wayne Baker with Menindia. It's, he's a very, very much a winning horse. Yeah, and uh, obviously the instructions to Amy Graham, despite the top weight and the wide draw, was to go forward and keep pressure on Villadin, who was uh, was favourite for the event after that uh, dominant win in the Chinchilla Cup. And, of course, uh, with Tamara's claim, had only 55 kilos, uh, so it was getting 6.5 kilos off Menindi. But uh, they uh, took the opposite approach and kept the pressure on, and, um, and he was the one left standing, and Messini dived at him late, another nose finish, uh, just missing. Uh, Villadin probably, uh, he was just out sprinted, he was up on the speed uh, probably now looking for further than the, than the 13, 1400s now but uh, yeah, great finish to the uh, to the meeting and uh, yeah, Menindi uh, back in the winner's circle, he hadn't won since uh, winning the Taroom Cup last year in September, of course won the Chinchilla Cup uh, the previous year but as you say there's a great record and uh, first up there uh, doing it so tough uh, since um, that uh, Country Cups uh, Challenge final was a great effort by Wayne to have him uh, still there at the finish. Mood, you mentioned uh, Dolby there, and I see uh, in the latest edition of the Race Calendar magazine uh, with quite a few Dolby meetings coming up, they've got a tab program on the 19th of January. It's uh, the Cannonball Flying on the 3rd of February and a big day coming up uh, when we, we look for further and deeper into the calendar. Newmarket and Lightning Day is another tab meeting on the 2nd of March. Yeah, so uh, Dolby's just been out of action. They've had a, um, a little uh, a refurb of the, uh, the track so looking forward to and of course uh, been timely with uh, all the rain they've had so I'm, I'm mm. assuming that it's uh, it's looking beautiful out there and looking forward to some pictures coming through or we'll see it again uh, we'll see it in the flesh next uh, Friday Yeah, no, I've, I can confirm that after driving through yesterday on my way out west that uh, everything's looking very green. We were lucky enough to dodge the storm that went through and hit Oki and Toowoomba and made its way towards the coast, but everything's looking very lush and green uh, as you head west at the moment with all of this very welcome wet weather that's around. Is that your next meeting coming up? That's the next one, and that's the, uh, yeah, the next two Dolby meetings, and, uh, yeah, then we'll get back into full stride. Excellent. Great to have you back with us on the show. Happy New Year again, and we'll chat soon. Likewise, boys. Good morning, all. We mentioned the Country Cup there, Rob, uh, talking about some of these horses getting back into action. We didn't get a chance to have a chat to the Country Cup's championship winning trainer last month, so we thought let's do that this time around as uh, one of our first shows for 2024 and revisit what happened at Durban last December.
and they go past the 700 at Centaur, three quarters of a length in front. Vigorous Flow was second, third office Jim there, followed by Echo Point, up by Concords on the inside of Menindi. The favourite Fire Kings tracking up in behind them, and they're followed by Well Back in the Field on the inside was Love on Sunday with Sacha with the outside from the Driller, who's Well Back in the Field, and they're followed by Vivenzo to the extreme outside. They straighten up in the Country Cups final for 2023. Office Jim ran to the lead, got the Centaur. He's up by Concord into the clear with Fire King. They come down inside the 200. It's Office Jim out by two lengths. Fire King the outside's running on strongly. Office Jim in front. Fire King the outside going home a bit the better. Fire King won the Country Cups final. Beat Office Jim third up by Concord Vivenzo. As we said last December, it was a great call by Scotty Power bringing us the Country Cups Challenge for 2023 and Fire King with a peach of a ride for Adam Sewell saluting therefore trainer Olivia Cairns who we didn't get a chance to have a chat to when all of this happened last year because she was busy at the trials that morning but we've made sure there's no trials on today and we've managed to catch up with Olivia to say congratulations and well done on that and also on some recent stable successes. Thanks for joining us on Bushbeat this morning. G'day Olivia. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, good morning, Olivia. Um, of course, uh, big weekend. Uh, you had one runner, I think, at the Magic Millions on the Wave Day, didn't you, on Saturday? Uh, yeah, one in the Maiden 1400. Um, yeah, like probably probably not um, up to that class, but you know, the owners had paid up for her and she was eligible for the race, so um, they had a nice day out. It was, it was good. Yeah, it's uh, certainly kicked off the carnival well, but uh, Fire King, it, it's so great to be able to listen to these replays, isn't it? And I'm sure you enjoy continually listening to him, but what a great job you've done with this uh, particular galloper. Um, he's really come through this preparation in great form, uh, culminating in that, and of course, I think it was a second or third the other day in a race uh, recently as well. Yeah, that was at the Sunshine Coast on Friday night. Yeah, look, he's been a great horse his whole his whole career, really. I mean, it hasn't just been this campaign. I, I don't think he's let us down any campaign that he's had. Um, you know, he's only a tiny little fella, and um, he, he was a terrific horse up north. You know, he won a lot of cutest money. Um, yeah, he's, he's been a great asset to the stable. Yeah, Olivia, we made the comments. The... Sorry, Rob. Sorry, Tony. I was just going to say, Olivia, we made the comment a few times, well, I know I did, leading into races last year, like the Battle of the Bush and the Country Cups and the Country Stampede uh, uh, qualifiers, the trainers are really starting now to, to drill down into what sort of horse they need and really understand what kind of horse they need to win some of these series. But I've probably got to say that you have really understood it from day one because you've had a lot of success in some of these country series so far. Yeah, no, I have. I have had a, a lot of success. Um, a couple of nice horses that fit the bill. Um, yeah, because it's not it's it's not as easy as it sounds. I mean, there's a lot of miles that go into it, and you know, a lot of, a lot of travelling on different tracks that you don't like to take your better quality horses to. But um, you know, if you can pull it off, the, the final is quite rewarding. Yeah, of course, Fire King taking the inaugural uh, Battle of the Bush, and Boyd, uh, sorry, Mason Chance taking that inaugural one, but. Uh, didn't he have to travel around Olivia to get into the final? Oh, mate, there's no horse better travelled than Mason's chance. Yeah, it was incredible. We worked out he did something like six and a half thousand kilometres to to get into that race, and and then he won he won the last qualifier um, at Barcaldine, and then he got on a float a week later and, and came down here. It was yeah, it was a, it was a very very big effort by the horse. I think he went around seven weeks in a row to to qualify. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a fortnight between that run and 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 Barcord, and there's like seven hours from Mackay where we were based at the time. Um, so it was a I can remember he left home at five o'clock in the morning and he got home at eleven thirty that night. So wow. it's a big effort. <laughs> 
and a Moody Bay was another one that also went through the series. Yeah, he he actually did the Country Cups and the Battle of the Bush. Um, I think he ran about fifth in the Country Cups the year before, and then um, it was a little bit easier with him because his country runs had sort of clicked over into the Battle of the Bush, so he didn't have to do so much travelling, and he was fortunate enough to win the first qualifier he went in, so I had a bit of time with him. It was, it was a sort of nice, relaxed lead-up into it. I think he, he'd had a month between runs, and I was able to trial him down here the week before, so he had a sort of worked out really nice for him. It was a, a perfect lead into the race, so... That's that's the tricky part, isn't it, with the uh, the conditions and the qualifying, as Rob's highlighted before. Yeah, you've got to have so many non-tab runs uh, before you can test uh, the Battle of the Bushes, and and then by the other way, you can qualify in the Country Cups or the Country Stampede, and then rack up the number of qualifiers you need. You've really got to do your homework and work your way through the calendar and, and plot your course, haven't you? Yeah, you do, you do, and then it, it's tr- it's trying to set those last few runs, you know, to suit them going into the final and sometimes programming is not sort of perfect and it changes every year Um, but I've sort of been fortunate enough to to be able to sort of map out the right sort of program for each horse all three of them have been different Um, but yeah, no, it's it's worked out well Now Olivia, you you were based in uh, Mackay of course, we had a fantastic um, record but um, well I think it was the end of 22 beginning of 23, moved to the Bow Desert uh, area taken a little while to settle in but I noticed your horses seem to be really really starting to uh, fire at the moment and you're picking up winners pretty regularly um, are you happy with the team obviously the way the progress is going now yeah very happy I think we sort of got back into our mojo um, like it was it was a big move um, a lot of horses my whole house family child everything um, and what we came down to sort of wasn't, you know, long story short, it wasn't sort of what it was made out to be. So that didn't help either. We had a few hiccups, but, yeah, probably the last, you know, four or five months, things have sort of started to get back into the groove of things and, you know, doing things the way that we usually, you know, used to do them in Mackay. Everything just used to flow. Um, the facilities I've got now is back to sort of what I, I had before up in Mackay. So I've sort of got the best of everything now, what I had up there, plus, you know, country provincial and metropolitan tracks to race on so no, it's very good and you know all my staff are, you know we've recently had a, a a change of staff and you know I, I believe that all that sort of got a role as well you know you can't have unhappy staff or unhappy horses for everything to go well and at the moment everything's just just working so it's really well really good as you and highlighted there, metropolitan, country, provincial, and, and that really shows when you look back at uh, uh, some of the stats there besides running at uh, like Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast and Bow Desert programs and you take them to Ipswich, uh, you're still not worried about uh, doing a little bit of travel, you know, taking the likes of uh, Gugas out to Chinchilla before then lining up with uh, with the win at the Sunshine Coast, taking horses to Texas, uh, out to Clifton, Kilcoy, Gatton. You still have the opportunity there, as you say, if they're not up to that kind of um, city standard or midweek standard, you can still manage to find a good race for them that's not too far from home. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and that was sort of always um, what, what I'd planned to do when we did move down here. You know, like I was coming down a few times through the year to, to race horses in town and sort of having success, so... I thought this is silly, you know. We could be down there and and have everything because you you know you can you can travel and still have the same sort of quality races that you've you've got up there in North, where it's a bit easier, you know, like you know, say Chinchilla, Texas, you know, all those sort of places. Um, it's really not that much different to up there, but 
um, you can come home and be home within two hours and then next week, mm. you know, if you're good enough, you're only an hour away from town. So that was sort of, you know, the main attraction to come down here. I was able to sort of have what I had up there plus more down here and my family's down here. And yeah, so it was, it was a good move. I've got to mention Kukas. I mean, I've been following this horse since we ran third with Davies Day back on the 1st of November, albeit about 12 lengths behind um, Kukas. So I've had a bit of an interesting following. You've been extremely patient with him. And, you know, when we talk about um, country cups and country stampedes, etc., um, is he the sort of horse that could end up going that way? Because I noticed that run at Chinchilla. He uh, was first up for a little bit of time, and he was really on the pace, and he just kept coming uh, coming at the finish. And that win on the Sunshine Coast as he stepped out in journey, he obviously likes the, the wet tracks as well. He's really starting to come of age, this uh, particular Hassan, and uh, congratulations on the patience you've shown with him. Yeah, look, he's always, ha- he's always been a horse that's had ability. He's just he's a very slow mature. He was a big gangly fella, and, and um, you know, the, the owners have been patient they've had plenty of times where they've wanted to give up but I've just sort of said to them look he will reward you down the track uh, you know he's got too much ability to just sort of throw in the bin because um, if you go through his form he's, he's only been out of the first four four times in his whole career like he's run a lot of force and just a horse that was always mm. knocking on the door but not quite there um, so yeah this campaign I think he's sort of hitting his straps and he'll only continue to get better as he gets older as a country cups horse, you know he may he may sort of develop into something like that. It might be a little bit short for him as he gets a bit older. He's a horse that really sort of likes to get up over ground. I think he won he won a race at Boat Desert last campaign over twenty four hundred. Um, so yeah, there's sort of not too many that can sort of do that. So I think you know as he gets older, he'll want more ground. So whether or not he um, he he will make that sort of a horse, I'm not sure. Maybe early in his campaign, but. Um, we're not not really mapping that out for him at this stage. Where, where do you have you already you picked next? out your Battle of the Bush horse for 2024? Uh, I may give Viking a, a crack at that um, because he won't have to, like I say, do a lot of country runs because his country cup runs will, will sort of follow over into the into the Battle of the Bush because it's within the last 12 months of acceptance state. So um, early, you know, early on in his campaign, he may still be sharp enough for 1,200. He's won a few over the 1,200 before. Uh, as long as he doesn't get too far up in the weight, that's another thing with him because he's not a overly big horse. But, um, yeah, we, we'll probably give him a crack at it. Yeah, he's certainly been a great, um, worthy cause, that one. Um, now, Olivia, you had you, you mentioned that you had the runner in the Magic Millions Maiden on the weekend. With the sales mm-hmm. starting, is that is is the Magic Millions sales something with your stable level and clientele that you have? Is, is that something that you have the ability to go along and target a, a certain value of uh, of yielding and uh, get get your clients into it, or or is it more a book two approach for you with this sale at the moment? Oh, look, yeah, I could do that. I could, um, you know, go and buy a few yearlings and, and, you know, bring them through the grades. But at the moment, we've sort of got a few babies in work and, and a lot of tried horses and, yeah, probably not a lot of room for that sort of thing at the moment. Um, so this year I'll probably give it a miss, probably look at it more next year. Do you tend to target the March sale as well with the cutest money? I've had a few out of the March sale, yeah. Um, you know, they're obviously not the, the top grade um, yearlings in the March sale, but you know they're certainly good enough to sort of bring through the grades and and make nice horses. You know, for every week racing. But um, 
Yeah, at the moment we've sort of we've got enough on our plate, so won't be needing any more at the moment. <laughs> How many in the stable, by the way? Uh, Twenty-one in work at the moment. Yeah, that's that's enough. To, don't want to get up to more than that. Otherwise, um, you sort of start to miss things. So, you know, to do things the way I do them, I like to be very hands-on. You know, I, mm-hmm. I do pretty well everything. Um, I write down to writing work. So yeah, I like to say sort of you know under that twenty-five marks, good for us. Before we let you go, is there one in the uh, can stable that we should be following that we should keep on the trail of? Uh, there's a nice horse that won on Friday night at uh, the Sunshine Coast, Dioco. Um, I think he was in need of a very you know, good spell when I got him. Not that he did anything wrong the last campaign we had him, but I think he's a different horse this time in. Um, he won very well the other night. And even last campaign when he was probably a tired horse, you know, he... He sort of only got beat a length and a half by horses like Arts Object and um, uh, can't, what's his name, Knight's Choice. So that sort of form is, is a pretty good form. So I think he's a horse that will develop into you know a Saturday horse. So yeah, he's probably one to keep an eye on. Mm. All right, I'll, I'll put him in the black book as I think too, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a little sneaky one. Um, he's just a horse that you know we've had him since he was a baby. He came up. Yeah. To Mackay when he was six months old, so we've raised him, and he's a bit of a bit of a family pet, really. I think Olivia, a good well done. Too, of being patient. Yes, it, yeah, patience is the key in this game, and um, it, it does pay off eventually. It's just you've just got to look at the big picture at the end of the road, and um, and these people have been lucky enough to do that, and I'm sure that he will keep rewarding them. Well done with the recent stable successes and congratulations again with what you achieved with Fire King. Uh, great to finally catch up with you and congratulate you on that. We'll, we'll chat again soon on Bushbeat. No worries. Thank you very much. Olivia Cairns with us on the show this week and those couple to go into the book. I feel like a TV commercial here, Rob, that Gugaz is G-O-O-G-A-Z, um, if you want to put that in, and the other one, Diaco, uh, D-I-A-C-O. I get in trouble if I don't spell some of these because then yeah. if you put them in with an incorrect spelling, they don't show up in your black book notifiers. And with a name like Gugaz, you wonder, have you got the right pronunciation? Everything's like those town <laughs> names, isn't it? Gundawindi, Gundawindi, all those ones as yeah. well. Uh, great to be able to catch up with Olivia as we didn't get a chance to last December. Uh, as I mentioned, Atherton and Thangul racing this Saturday following on from a long string of uh, tab meetings that are coming up this week. But of course, as you said, uh, sales are on uh, starting today. They'll be uh, kicking off the first uh, lot very soon. And the Magic Millions Country Cup is going to be, well, I won't say one of the headline races because there's a couple of other pretty impressive races coming up on Saturday at Aquas Park at the Gold Coast. But uh, we'll certainly be keeping a very close watch on what happens in the Country Cup. Oh, de- definitely one of the highlights for um, country-based horses. And, and Tony, also from a couple of meetings, uh, the provincial meetings, Mackay and uh, Tans, during the week, I've got to do a shout-out for Gabby Simmons because uh, she rode the winner on the, in the first race of both programs, and both of them just show this ability, this, this front-running ability and judging of pace that I mentioned at the top of the show that Talia Fenland certainly has the key to. And, and Gabby had an outstanding ride on Brazen Brescia for Jenny Hatfield and also Hand Grenade coming up on the inside of the odds-on favourite Margot Barbie uh, yesterday at Cairns uh, for Tommy Button and taking the cutest money. So uh, congratulations to you uh, there, Gabby Simmons. And, of course, Ryan Wiggins uh, didn't go away from that meeting empty-handed, getting the double or treble, let's say, on the day, get it right, uh, the treble on the day. 
and uh, as well at Mackay in that particular meeting, not only Brazen Brecky, we better not mention eyewitness again, Tony, uh, but <laughs> there was a huge win for the cutest money for Clinton Taylor and Justin Stanley. Vienna waits for you. It won by about nine lengths, I think it was, and absolutely spread-eagled uh, the field up there. So that's probably one to watch going forward as well from that meeting. I've got to give myself up here. One of the reasons for mentioning and replaying Eyewitness today was almost a challenge issued in uh, Tony McMahon's latest news update on the uh, CalliganPark.com website for the Rocky Jockey Club uh, and yeah, thanks, highlighted Tony. the fact that Mr. <laughs> Mr. R.A. Luck had won there and would he be mentioned on Bushbeat? And uh, Tony said yes, there'd be very every chance that he would be mentioned. So challenge accepted, Mr. McMahon, and duly delivered on, uh, on mentioning Eyewitness a couple of times there. Keep Great show those. today. Keep writing those great articles, Tony McMahon. We love every one of them. Great show today and great to catch up with Olivia and Brett uh, following on from Bell on the weekend and uh, what uh, Olivia's been able to achieve with her stable. Uh, next week we can uh, highlight that uh, Jason Scott, CEO of Racing Queensland, has agreed to come on and have a chat with us on the show. Yeah, looking forward to be able to talk to Jason and, the, uh, and his vision and, and views on country racing and possible changes or things that are, are happening with it. But... At the moment, Tony, you're settling your, your daughter into Roma and a new teaching career. Um, I'm sure you've got it all sorted out out there. Isn't it great that we're getting uh, good, uh, good teachers into these country areas? I'm uh, watching the movers work very hard at the moment while I'm sitting in the car with the aircon on, so I'm not doing a great deal at all. Good on you, Rob. We'll chat next week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Brett Moody, Olivia Cairns and Rob Luck for being with us on the show. As always, folks, if you missed any of the uh, the show, the podcast replay available at the Radio Tab podcast page on Megaphone. You can either Google that or you can find the link at Radio Tab Oz on X or Twitter as we still think of it. Uh, and also the link goes up on Country Punters. Good luck to those who are racing this coming weekend with the uh, the meetings coming up, as we said, at Atherton and Thangool and KI Recreation Day at King Island. We'll be back to report on that and a whole heap more next week on Bush Speed.